Good morning. My name is Ken. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard, and I am really, really excited to get to be here and speak with you today on something, particularly a topic that is, um, let me just say, the Lord has done a lot of work in my heart on this topic, and so I hope that as I share a little bit about it, you, the, he'll do the same with you. Uh, I just want to start by saying this, is, this particular topic is not a once and done thing. So I'm not going to give you eight easy steps when we get to the end where you go home and you're like, yep, nailed it, put a pin in it, it's all good, all, all good. It's not going to happen. So I'm hoping that instead what we do is we, um, we really realize what God is up to in us. And then in that, as he shapes and moves us along, he's using us to move more of his kingdom into the world. That's really the goal, okay? So in a second, I'll get started with that. Actually, before I do that, don't, I don't, uh, we were talking about the worship night. How many of you have been to a worship night here at the Vineyard or at another church? It, they're pretty sweet, aren't they? So if you haven't marked that on your calendar, that's June 5th, that's next Sunday, um, please do. They are so, so very good. And it's a great time as well if you want to invite a friend, somebody that just, you know, this is, they're very uh, easygoing, low-key, I think, would be a good word. And uh, the music is always tremendous. Um, so just please mark that on your calendar if you haven't yet. <clears throat> All right, let me pray really quick and we'll get started. Lord Jesus, thanks so much for today. Thank you, Father, that you are at work in us and that you are at work in the world and your work is not finished until you say it is. And in that, I recognize that you're not done with me. You're not done with my friends. So would you come closer, Holy Spirit? And whatever you would have us hear and learn, I pray that that's what people would hear and learn. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So unity <laughs> over division is a really challenging topic. I, I, I looked at it and I thought, oh, thanks, Kurt, for giving me that one. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, and as I started to dig into it, one of the things that, that occurred to me is, in a sense, division feels kind of natural. It feels like it's just part of the world that we live in, okay? So we're going to have a little fun. Our students are in here with us today. Some of our youngers are in here with us today. So I want to start off with something that kind of an illustration that helps us get where I think we should be going. So we're going to play a game called Stand or Sit, okay? Have you guys ever played this game? If it's really simple. It's just if you agree with the statement that I make, you stand if you can. If you can't stand or if, if you just get tired of standing up and down, just raise your hand. Okay, you have options. So, um, and it's just, we're going to, so just follow along. It'll make sense. Okay, so stand if you think that pineapple on pizza is okay. All right, you can be seated. <laughs> Stand if you think that pineapple on pizza is an abomination of humanity. I don't know. That was kind of half and half. That's kind of half and half. All right, have a seat. Okay, stand if you think dogs are the best pets ever. All right, have a seat. Stand if you think cats make the best pets. <laughs> 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 
Lots, lots, fewer, lots fewer of those. This is a regular debate in my house because I, 20, I have a 21-year-old son, and we are both into vehicles. So stand if you think GM makes the best trucks, if you're a truck person. All right. That would be me. I would be standing. Stand if you think Ford makes the best trucks. Okay, we're going to pray for you. All right, stand if you think that really and truly, when it comes to American football, the Cowboys are the best team in Texas. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I was like, when I thought about this, I thought, oh, it might be fun, might cause a brawl. I don't know. <laughs> stand if you think the Texans are the, you know, like, they're the answer to football, or, um, Professional football in Texas. <laughs> Nobody's standing. <laughs> At least if you're a Cowboys fan, you have conviction, right? Apparently, if you're a Texans fan, you're like, oh. Okay, I know this one's going to cross sort of geographic lines. I was a convert later in life. Stand if you think In-N-Out Burger is a great thing to have. Yes. I love... In-N-Out Burger. All right, have a seat. Stand if you think, like, In-N-Out Burger, we already had Whataburger. <laughs> All right, just a couple more. Just a couple more. Uh, and by the way, my family affectionately calls it Whataburger because it always just takes so long. But can we get, like, the CEO of Chick-fil-A in the Whataburger organization? Then I would go back there. Um... Stand if you think that Shipley's makes the best donuts. I would be like two arms in the air. Stand if you think Krispy Kreme is God's answer to donut heaven. All right, I started to bring up Duncan, but I was like, no, we're just going to pray for the Duncan people. Coca-Cola? Over? Anybody in here a Pepsi? Yeah, we don't, okay. And then I think we can all stand for Dr. Pepper. Is that, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, that's good. You guys, thanks for being a great sport. That's really all I have, so I'm going to pray. We'll be done. <laughs> yeah, and then speaking of praying for people, is there anybody in here that hates cantaloupe like me? Yes, I call it cantaloupe. Everyone's been trying to convince me for years. They're like, it's so good. You just haven't had one that's the right ripeness. I'm like, no, it tastes like soap with juice. It tastes like juicy soap. It's so gross. You know, we have our young people in here, and, and it was funny. As, as I was watching you guys stand up, there was some, some family lines, right? We learned these, these sort of separations of preference really early on. Would you guys agree? It gets handed down by our family, what it is that we like, what it is that we don't like. And so as we're talking about this topic, as we're talking about unity over division, I, want, I really want to make a point that this isn't something that um, is trying to unravel. Like sometimes when we start talking about unity and people go, wait a second, you're going to mess with my apple cart. And for some of you today, you know, I may. I may get in your kitchen a little bit. But it's not trying to tear down the values that were passed on to you by the people that you love and know. 
what I really think is that what we, when we look at this topic, the invitation of Jesus is to step into what God's intent was. Because ultimately, as we sang earlier, everything that we are, everything that we have, needs to come in to submission to God's plan. Because I don't know about you guys, but I, my mom, where is she? She's right there. I was raised in a good family with good values. I was taught work ethic. But there were some things that I was taught that are like, that wasn't good early on. Not from my mom, but more from the other people in my family. They would say things and make jokes, and those things weren't okay. And so, so whatever we are and whatever it is that we believe in, I believe it has to come into the submission of the influence of the Holy Spirit. It has to. And so where it doesn't for you, I don't want you to be like, you know, get frustrated or anything like that. Just ask the Lord, Lord, do you want to change this in me? We're going to do a little bit of, of that at the end. So um, let me start at the beginning, literally, Genesis chapter 1, okay? And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And when we look at the creation story, at first there is no separation, right? It says everything was all together. There wasn't any separation of land from water. There wasn't even a separation of light and darkness. And Genesis Genesis tells us that God goes on to separate the water from land, to create different kinds of land, different kinds of water. He goes on and he creates different kinds of plants and animals. And then he creates one of the biggest divisions of all. He creates men and women. And that's when the problem really started. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different sermon. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now, if you will, for a second, let me, let me just talk about, you know, we look at different and we think of the word division. So I'm from Texas. My son-in-law is from Oklahoma. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're different. I'm not going to ask the question of who do you think is better. Difference is part of God's original plan. And there's a word that we use. It's, it's really been stolen, I think. It's, it's a word called diversity. It's been stolen for political agendas. I would love to steal it back. Because when I read the Bible, what I see is that God loves diversity. He loves it. If he didn't love it, he wouldn't have created it. Uh, he loves it. All you have to do, walk through, you know, a field or walk through your yard and look at all of the different things that are growing. Walk through your, your neighborhood store and look at all of the different kinds of people. God loves diversity. And so what we're actually seeing in the creation story is not a division of different things, but a diversity. So let's, let's go forward just a little bit more. 
book of Genesis goes on to say, after God creates woman, the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, that's important in just a second, but let's look at the first part. Diversity, anybody? Okay, so ladies, are men just, they don't make any sense? I'm not going to ask the men because I don't want anybody to get grounded later. We're so different. We are so different. When my wife tries to fix something, she goes over and she actually looks at what might be wrong. I usually just hit it. I'm like, that'll make it work. We're so different. We think differently. We approach things differently. And yet when we look in the garden, what we see is this relationship that is ultimately diverse and yet unified. Diversity is not the exclusion of unity. Diversity was actually created to strengthen unity. Think about that for a second. Diversity was created to strengthen unity. That's not really how the world sees this, is it? It's not really how we approach it. And here's why. Serpent comes onto the scene. He's asking Eve about the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She says, no, God says we're not supposed to eat that or we will die. And then he tells this lie. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. Oh, you're going to get smarter. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This is the first place in the Bible that we see division. Can anybody tell me where it is? Where's division? Eve hasn't eaten yet. What's the division that's in this chapter? Good and evil. The only thing that God ever, hear me on this, if you don't hear anything else, the only thing that God intended ever to be divided was good and evil. Think about that. The only thing that he ever intended for division was good and evil. Everything else is just diversity. How does that play out in our world today? Do we, do we see that pretty well? No, we don't. Because there's this lie that's been told that was bought into by our ancestors. And for those of you that want to throat punch Adam and Eve when you get to heaven, just know that we are still very much engaged in this lie. And it colors so much of our world. It colors how we interact at work. It colors how we interact at school. It colors what we teach our children is valuable. It colors how we make our decisions about where we live. It colors all sorts of things. Where we vote, how we vote, it colors so much. And I, wanna, I just want to suggest to you guys that because we have exchanged the understanding of diversity for the lie of division, 
it is costing us our unity over and over and over again. It is costing us relationship. It is costing us peace. So the world is still very much living in the, under this. So what, so what, in the words of my Irish friends, what's to be done about it then, Ken? <laughs> I'm going to turn to our youth. We have an inside conversation with our students. I'm going to ask the students, if I ever ask a question in youth, what is the safest answer? What? Uh, just you? You're the only one? Come on, students. Jesus. Even if you weren't listening... You can sit in student ministry, and I can say, like, okay, guys, so when Paul was saying this in Galatians, and he's talking about, you know, how we're supposed to interact with people there, and <laughs> invariably, somebody would be like, Jesus? I had a friend of mine one time, he was asking his youth group, he said, okay, what has four legs, a bushy tail, and lives in trees? Nobody. Nobody says anything. After about 10 seconds, this one kid goes, I think it's a squirrel, but is it Jesus? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus is the answer, and he actually gives us the answer. It's so amazing. So we're going to jump to John 17, and he says this. As he's praying, let me set the stage for you. If you're not familiar with John 17, Jesus is about to be arrested, and he's praying in the garden. And this is what, this is his words, this is what he's praying. He knows what's about to happen. He's about to go to the cross, he's about to be beaten, basically tortured, and then murdered, and abandoned by all of his friends. He says this as he's praying to the Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. That's really important. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. And this is where he changes a bit of the perspective of his prayer from the disciples to all of us. So this next section, he's praying for you. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. pause there for a second does Jesus say that all of them will understand all of the concepts of the Bible and stop sinning does he say all of that I'm praying for all of them so that they will come to church and laugh at Kurt and Ken's jokes and take communion at the right time serve on the coffee team you should do those things He says that they will all be one. These are, this is, he's got a chance, like he's, he's about to go to the cross. He knows the disciples are listening. He knows they're paying attention. And this is what he prays. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. 
I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to, to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The thing that Jesus is describing in this sounds a whole lot like the garden. It sounds like he's breaking the power of what happened when the serpent lied to Eve. Because what happened? The only division up to that point was good and evil. When, when unity was broken between Adam and Eve and God, it wasn't just broken between Adam and Eve and God, it was broken between Adam and Eve. And the whole world's been living under that. We've been living under this division that is false. And so Jesus says, hey, sanctify them by the truth. Because what you said, remember, what's the, say, what's the serpent's question? What did God say? Oh, you will not surely die. You will get to know good and evil. You'll know the only thing that's divided. And it's colored us ever since. Let's look at this really quickly, and then I'm going to move forward. He says, sanctify them by, your, by the truth. Your word is truth. This, in a sense, if you look at the language, is actually him rebuking the lie. He's saying, look, what the world is living under right now is this lie that was told all these thousands of years ago. And what I want, Lord, what I'm asking you for, Father, before I go to the cross, what I'm asking you for is to abolish that lie. Then he goes on to say, for them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. He's saying, he's saying, I'm getting ready to pay the price for the repercussions of the lie. He's opening a way for us to live under the truth of our unity with God and our unity with one another. And he goes on to say, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. In, in this, this little section of John 17... What's actually happening, we know that when Jesus went to the cross, he paid the price for our sins, right? I mean, we, we, that's what we're told. That's what we, that's what we believe. There's so much else happening because what's also happening is he's not just paying the price for our sin. He is taking away the power of the lie. Let that sink in for a second. This division that exists in our world is not real. It does not have power except where we give it power. It's that curse that happened, that's broken. Now, this does not mean that we can all like start walking around our backyard naked gentlemen okay just saying <laughs> what it does mean is that I can look at someone that is not like me that does not think the same as me that does not vote the same as me that does not like even if they don't like Dr. Pepper and I can say I love you Think about it for a second. I know. I'm like, this is, I told you it wasn't easy. I was like, oh, Lord. 
To be, and I also told Kurt, he, we were talking about it. I was like, dude, this could be four hours long. He's like, please don't. The power of the lie of division is broken. But we are still living in it. I don't want to get deep in the weeds on politics, social media, common culture, racial divides, gender inequalities, pay gaps, all of the things that are important, but we've got to stop getting our information about those topics from the media. We need to go back to this. We need to go back to the word of God. I was telling my wife yesterday, it's, it's interesting. Um, it seems like whenever you see a politician take a God concept, like that's where the enemy's at. Like the concept of diversity, we hear our politicians say it a lot, and ain't nothing changed. I don't know if y'all have noticed. <laughs> right? I mean, a few things, but ultimately it gets messed up again and goes egg-shaped. I'm like, it, it, see, it feels to me that whenever we hear a political person, uh, and not that all political people are bad. I have friends that are in politics, and they're really good people. But whenever we see, like, a particular party or a particular section of a party take a God concept, like diversity. Diversity, by the way, we didn't invent it. We didn't come up with it. We talk about it. We hear about it all the time. But we did not. He invented it. When he's like, okay, that's a tomato, and that's a strawberry, I'm like, yes. Or for you carnivores, that's a chicken, and that's a cow. <laughs> and they both taste really good from a barbecue pit. <laughs> he invented diversity, and yet we throw it around in common culture like we somehow discovered something. I'm like, give me a break. When a politician takes a God concept and starts to use it to get elected, almost always, I think the enemy is at work. So, let me tell you the good part. If the lie is already broken, and I believe that it is, we don't have to live under it anymore. I'm going to take a risk here. Is anyone in here... Uh, vote or voted historically for a Democratic candidate? I have voted Republican my entire life, except once in a local election. Does that mean we can't be friends? Does that mean that we can't, like, have conversation about things do, do you do, do you I know like maybe this is the best shirt ever but do you like suddenly hate me <laughs> actually it is one of the best shirts ever because Becky Chin gave it to me so I find whenever whenever I wear it I'm like I preach so much better it's the like Chick-fil-a makes everything better we got to stop letting these things decide who we can be friends with, 
decide who we can have conversation with. I, see, this is a part where maybe I'm in some of your kitchen, and you're like, wait a second, Ken, don't you know that they do this? And, and like, in and out doesn't even use the right bun stuff. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to live under a lie anymore. And I think what Jesus is saying to us is, you shouldn't want to either. Because it's, it's killing us. I said this in a sermon, I think last year, talking about John ten and and how the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And how Jesus comes that we might have life and have it to the full. And we're so busy starting sheep wars, the enemy's getting away with murder. And the sheep wars all too often are because of that stupid lie. So let me move forward. Paul says this in Ephesians. I love this. I remember the first time I was working with a pastor and he was like, well, we had to keep the unity. I was like, the unity? I don't even like you. It wasn't in this church. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we got to keep the unity. This is, what, this is what Paul says, unity of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes this, as a prisoner of the Lord. So he's living under this authority of Jesus. He's taken everything in his life. This guy used to go around killing people that were believers in Jesus because they were upsetting his apple car, and he believed that, you know, he was like, they're going to mess everything up. They're not telling the truth. And he, he starts this phrase at the beginning of this one section of his letter. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of... I'm sorry, I didn't hear you guys. Who is over all, and through all, and in all. This is, this is stuff. This is like hard. You can't just sort of gloss this over. You can't gloss over John 3.16, put it on a placard and hold it up at a football game. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not die but have eternal life. And when we look at John 17, Jesus says the answer, the answer to getting that powerfully transforming statement to the rest of the world is to show unity. <clears throat> so how do we get to unity? Because I don't like sermons that just like throw a bunch of concepts out and then they're like... All right, go. Have a good day. Enjoy your lunch. Kurt told us last week, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that forgiveness is the greatest weapon we have in spiritual warfare. When I look at this, I, I want to be very uh, 
a little bit transparent. I have been hurt by people in my life that are quite different than me. People that are a different color. People that come from a different section of the community. When I was a when I was a little kid, I was I'm like sort of brown now. Like I just like I get a good tan really easily. When I was a little kid, I was much more brown. And when I was in school, I, I had kids. I, I went to Pearland, you know, it was 1970, whatever, 78. Joey's like, stop it, they're gonna know how old we are. <laughs> and I wasn't easy, Kurt. Kurt won't take it. <laughs> Security, just kidding. Um, yeah, I was treated differently. Anybody else ever experienced that? Yeah? It, it didn't feel nice. To the point where when I was invited to a church, believe it or not, I was like, oh, that's a white church. And my friend that was a Mexican was like, yeah, you're white. I'm like, well, no, not really. Like, my grandmother's Native American. He's like, shut up, you're white. <laughs> Things like that that get into our childhood, that get into our brain, they keep us under this lie. And I love this church. I love the diversity of this church. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. When Jody and I got to pastor the church in Galveston, we had people from, like, millionaires to some homeless folks and everything in between and we had all different kinds of I love it and I think that was God's plan and so when it comes to how do we get there one of the greatest weapons we have is forgiveness that we can say oh I forgive that person for treating me differently because I was different I forgive this person for acting like I was going to be stupid or or less than because I grew up in a home that was, you know, in this part of town. It's what we have to do. Even if they haven't earned it, my friends. The next thing I think that um, we can look at and, and rely on is that in the outflow of forgiveness, there is unity. Unity is an outflow of forgiveness. So if you harm me, or you hurt me, and then you... You, I forgive you, we can now be reconnected. Now, maybe that's not, I'm not talking about like that where that's not safe, but we can now be reconnected as a people group, as a, as a society, as a community. And I think this is so, so important to Jesus. And the last thing I want to say is, it's absolutely impossible. <laughs> Great, that was really hope-filled. Way to land it, Ken. <laughs> it's impossible. But the really, really good news is that the kingdom of God begins at the impossible. It begins where we end. And so built right in to how we do this, to how we transform our lives, our hearts, our minds, and those around us, is that we have to do it with Jesus. Built right into the answer to this problem is unity with God. None of this is happenstance. He did it all perfectly on purpose. He broke the lie, and then he said, oh, and by the way, your society is going to be so messed up, you're really going to need me to accomplish this. 
So let's go work together. He built unity right back into the solution. And the other thing that's necessary is that we have to do it together. We can't do it alone. We can let God begin to change us, change our hearts, and change our minds, and we should do that. But this fierce, like, independent thing that we have going on, it's not going to accomplish this. We can accomplish a lot of other things, but it's not going to get us unity over division. So in a second, we're going to, um, we're going to take communion, and Kurt's going to come up. We're going to lead that together. And I, just as we do this, I just, I want to, uh, some of you may know this, but I always find this really interesting. Communion is actually from two uh, Latin words, com, which means together, and unus, which means oneness. So in the very act of communion, and I, I love this part, there are people all over the world today, last night, that took communion together. And in that, we're practicing unity. And being on stage together, we're practicing unity. I know your shirt's nice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, let me just say one last thing, Kurt. Uh, I know, I just brought you up here because you're so handsome. <laughs> I just want to say that as I was studying for this and, and researching it, I don't, I don't do this very well. I haven't done it very well in the past. And I think if, you, if that's where you are, one of that, one of that, powers of forgiveness is that we repent and we ask God to forgive us. And don't be afraid to do that. Because he'll do it. He'll forgive you and just like Paul, he'll turn you outwards. And he'll turn you into a unity bringer instead of a divider and a separator.